come on, there's no way Eric Swalwell can possibly argue that the video he shows today shows Charles E. Schumer running for his life. Wait a minute, if you see the video and you think Schumer's running, then oh my goodness gracious, half of the country should be Usain Bolt. <laughs> it was ridiculous from Charles E. Schumer, a, a light jog at best. Oh, and why? Oh my God, there's the insurrectionists, the Trump supporters. Where is she? Where is she? banging down on Congress's doors and running after Charles E. Schumer. You know, I just, oh, it, it literally made me laugh. You know, the whole argument that the Democrats are putting forward should make everyone laugh because it's the biggest joke that you can possibly ever make. The Trump war room hit back today and showed example after example of how Democrats have done the same exact thing, spoken the same exact way, and advocated for exactly the same things that Donald Trump was saying when he gave his speech on January 6th. Peacefully and patriotically, make your voices heard. Nothing that he said throughout his entire speech, which again, he started at 12 p.m., well, the FBI has already noted that at 12.40 p.m. is when the insurrection started. So there is no way that the people who are watching Donald Trump's speech, unless they left at even five minutes before he started talking, could possibly have even got to the Capitol to pull off this insurrection. Again, the Democrats only use three words anymore, incitement, insurrection, and impeachment. And that's about it. But everyone who, and, and again, no one leaves Donald Trump rally speeches early. They actually enjoy everything that he's got to say. And whether you love him or you hate him, the man is very, very entertaining. The la You can't say the last four years in this country haven't been pure entertainment. Uh, from Donald J. Trump, but so everything that the Democrats are arguing is just a lie, but it shouldn't surprise anyone because this is what the Democrats are all about. They lie. Their whole party's based on a lie. They every single day try to call Republicans racist. Well, wait a minute here, because if you actually think about it, the KKK one of the most racist groups that's ever been. Oh, they were Democrats. Slavery. Yeah, that was that was awfully racist. Who was advocating for that? If it wasn't for the Republican Party, slavery would still be a thing. You know, hopefully not, but the Republicans are the one who saved the slaves. It now, Democrats hate the fact that it was Lincoln who freed the slaves. They hate that now. Um, but again, the party of racism and both of those things are all intertwined into the Democrat Party. It's not the Republican Party. And on top of that, if you've ever noticed, almost every single executive order that Joe Biden has signed, when it has come to policy in the United States, and also when it comes to foreign countries, well, it seems like Democrats are always on the side of the country that we're negotiating with. 
there's uh breaking news actually and i believe that this was fox news um who broke it was saying that uh Joe Biden actually had his first phone call with President uh, Xi of China. There's no details yet that have uh, come out from it. Yeah, President Biden speaks to China's Xi Jinping for the first time since taking off. I just saw that as uh, I'm getting on the air here. Um, and, I, and I really want to wonder, I mean, wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall to hear that? To say, hey, man, I'm back, buddy. How's, uh, how's another billion dollars sound for sound for my son hunter you know he's got a book coming out and it's number one in chinese biographies so, ah i got your back here and i'm surprised because i'm not sure joe biden's actually up at this late hour um president biden this is fox news spoke with chinese president xi jinping for the first time wednesday night since taking office outlining his administration's core concerns with china's practices aggressive activities and abuses signaling a clear and consistent subscription to american values well joe biden doesn't have american values he's got china's back he's got russia's back he's got ukraine's back and again we know that because of hunter biden's wallet and on top of that tony bobolinsky hunter's former partner was saying they they have to get joe involved so when he says he knew nothing about Hunter Biden's business dealings, he's flat out lying to the entire American people. In a statement Wednesday night, the White House said Biden shared his greetings and well wishes with the Chinese people on the occasion of the lunar, lunar, whatever you want to call it, New Year. I think that we're in trouble here. We are in big trouble. I said it in the buildup to the election that, listen, if Joe Biden possibly becomes president well then guess what we as a country we bow down to china we take our orders from them now joe biden has no original thought in his head do we really trust him with negotiating with china because the only thing he's going to negotiate is billions and billions of dollars to him to his family and, and to hunter biden that's all we're going to see but this is um apparent in every single thing that the democrats advocate for they are always on the side that is against america now i tell you what though republicans must be starting to do a good job because there was an article that came out this is in the blaze and this was from the sixth which was saturday and now listen to this so you may not be familiar with the rapper his name is uh pitbull he sort of does like a a dance electronic rap genre all tied together um sort of music well he is not happy whatsoever with with what's going on in this country the blaze headline reads rapper pitbull issues a warning about communism says fidel castro would have been jealous of lockdowns it says before pitbull was a world-renowned grammy award-winning rapper with a net worth of a hundred million dollars he was best known as armando cristin perez the first generation cuban-american whose family escaped the iron-fisted rule of fidel castro he gives a stark warning about communism now his grandmother who initially fought in the cuban revolutionary war 
on the side of Castro. So she says once he took power, she realized she made a grave mistake. In the early 1960s, there were rumors swirling in Cuba that Castro was going to round up children and place them in communist indoctrination centers. So Pitbull's grandmother sent her two daughters to the U.S. during Operation Peter Pan, a covert program that brought 14,000 Cuban children to the U.S. between 1960 and 62 at the height of the Cold War. Pitbull's mother and aunt were taken to Florida, where the rapper's father would also land after fleeing from Castro. My grandmother, Pitbull says, fought in the Cuban War, actually with Castro, because everyone thought that Batista was corrupt. I'm not saying that he wasn't, but it's almost like the lesser of two evils. When she became disillusioned with the Castro government, my mother, my aunt, got sent off in Operation Peter Pan. She didn't see her mother for seven years. As far as my father, he came over also. He didn't come in the Peter Pan, but they also fled the country. So I pause, and I'm reading this, and I just, I, I, I don't take for granted the blessings that we have every day to call ourselves Americans, to not have to go through what Pitbull's parents did. I mean, imagine if you're his grandmother and your two daughters, there's talk that they're going into these camps and the only way to save them is to send them to an entirely different country. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine having to do that. So Pitbull, who then, of course, uh, was born because of uh, his father and his mother fleeing Cuba, comes here and says this. Now, my family, they came from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, I look at freedom and I appreciate that. Can't say it because it's radio, but you get it. It's the S word. I appreciate that. I appreciate opportunity. That comes from the fact that Castro took over everything. Pitbull also said that Castro would have been jealous of the global lockdowns because of how easy governments were able to get widespread compliance. If anybody is not part of the narrative, we're going to take it offline, which to me, listen to this now, smells like communism. So he's saying that uh, he told people to stop being worried about followers and likes and who's on TikTok and who's on Instagram, right? And he said, you know, I and, um, on top of this, because of his uh, uh, parents fleeing Cuba, said, I won't even perform in Cuba until there's no more Castro and there's a free Cuba. He said that back in uh, 2011. But you see, so I understand the comparison he's making here. Look at how much power the Democrats have right now. The power over you, you better put your mask on. Oh, the CDC's um, out with an update today on masking. But the you know, this incredible amount of power they have, though, if anyone's not a part of that narrative, we're going to take it online or offline, referring to big tech censorship. I mean, how many 
uh, uh, people that have been uh, outspoken and that have been against masks and against these COVID lockdowns, have you seen their tweets disappear or Facebook posts go away? I mean, it, it, it's happening every single day. So when he's warning here that this looks a lot like communism, you start to wonder, hmm, I wonder if it's here. And the answer is that, yes, it is here when we have to defeat it. Now, let me give you another example. The Daily Mail uh, reporting on uh, uh, France yesterday. This headline truly took me by surprise. Out of culture, out of control, excuse me, woke leftism and cancel culture from the U.S. is a threat to France. Whoa, whoa, whoa liberal as it gets france is saying that we our cancel culture our out of control woke leftism is a threat now to them because it attacks the nation's heritage and identity french politicians and intellectuals are saying that now the daily mail writes politicians Prominent intellectuals and academics in France have voiced concern that out-of-control leftism and cancel culture from the U.S. is threatening France's identity. They're arguing that American ideas on race, on gender, on post-colonialism, especially those coming from U.S. universities, are undermining French society and are an attack on French heritage. So listen to this now. In a speech in October on the fight against separatism, Macron, remember French President Emmanuel Macron, warned against leaving the intellectual debate to others as he cautioned of the certain social science theories entirely imported from the US. His education Minister Jean-Michel Blanquet also warned in October that there is a battle to wage against an intellectual matrix from American universities. Now, on top of that, some French intellects have also argued that American universities, now listen to this, are to blame for giving justification to acts of terrorism carried out by Muslims. After three Islamic attack, uh, terror attacks last fall, Education Minister Blanquer accused the universities of being complicit. Now, France, France is yelling at us. France is warning about the U.S. being a problem. He was also supported in an open letter from a hundred prominent scholars that blasted social theories transferred from North American campuses. One of the signatures came from Giles Keppel. He's arguing that American influence led to a sort of prohibition in universities to think about the phenomenon of political Islam in the name of a leftist ideology that considers it the religion of the underprivileged. Historian Pierre-André Tagiv-F argued in the same way that the American-style black question was a totally artificial importation into France. He said that it was all driven by hatred of the West, as wait for it, as a white 
civilization. Ah, there you go. Yep, blame the whites again, right? The common agenda of these enemies of European civilization can be summed up in three words. Tagief said, decolonize, demasculate, de-Europeanize. Straight white male. That's the culprit to condemn and the enemy to eliminate. Now, even Emmanuel Macron now has come out and uh, has previously remained silent on the matter, but uh, with the official government line being dismissive of race and systemic racism. But according to the New York Times, Macron is, cor is uh, courting the right ahead of the election next year, which led him to eventually comment last year after center-right lawmakers pressed for a parliamentary investigation into ide ideological excesses at university. Now, why can't we do that here? How is it that France sees that we have a problem here with leftism and this woke cancel culture, but we don't? How is it that we're so afraid to call out cancel culture, to call out the Democrats for being full of BS and nonsense? Why is it so hard to do here? Top of that, they, the center-right lawmakers also called out guilty scholars on Twitter. Macron's comments, he made them two weeks into the protests on June 14th. He blamed universities for encouraging the ethnicization, ethnicization, however, you know, I'm not great with words, of the social question amounting to breaking the republic in two. Macron's intervention, intervention was welcomed by academics, including sociologist Nathalie Heinrich. I was pleasantly astonished. Last month, she established an organization that fights against decolonialism and identity politics, which is, what does the left have besides identity politics? The group has written warnings against American-inspired social theories in many major French publications and has spoken out against cancel culture at French universities. So how are the Democrats supposed to respond to this? France is calling their supporters, their people, out for their BS. The group, uh, it was a series of incidents that was extremely traumatic to our community and that all fell under cancel culture. Others have argued that it shows an inability in France to adapt to a changing world. It's the sign of a small, frightened republic declining, but which in the past and to this day believes in universal mission and which thus seeks through those, uh, those responsible for its decline. That's Francois Cosset, an expert on American civilization, uh, telling the, um, the Times here. Anna Garette, a French writer who teaches in universities in France and in the U.S., has also argued that many of the leading thinkers on the subject have come from France, not from the U.S. It's an entire global world of ideas that circulates, she says. It just happens that campuses that are the most cosmopolitan and most globalized at this point in history are the American ones. So how, how, how is France over there saying, oh my goodness gracious, look at what those Americans are doing. What is wrong with those people? Why are they destroying the history of their country? And yet, no, 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 we cannot have that here. Emmanuel Macron 
climate change is man-made, Emmanuel Macron is even speaking out against it. Lee Edwards, uh, who writes in the Heritage Foundation, leading historian of American conservatism, uh, writes, the. Uh, this was back in September, the looming threat of a socialist America. There's three key things that he talks about. The grassroots efforts of democratic socialists of America and similar left-wing groups are paying significant dividends. Number two, socialism is indeed riding a wave of momentum when more Texans than Californians view it favorably. Yeah, I would think that's a problem. Number three, we cannot depend on someone else to step forward. We must go on the offensive, disseminating the truth about socialism and the free enterprise alternative. Well, I got to tell you, socialism is here. It is here. And what does that turn to? As Pitbull was arguing, as France is now arguing, as Lee Edwards says, it turns to communism. This is how it starts with cancel culture, with this woke leftism. You know, someone has got to stand up. And, and by the way, it doesn't have to just be someone, as Edwards says, but it's got to be a group. You know, we, we should just come together as a country. Listen, we have our disagreements, but you don't cancel someone over it. They shouldn't lose their job because you disagree with them. When a very, very, very strange, odd, deranged place in this country, and President Reagan was warning about it. 1975, if fascism ever comes to America, it will come in the name of liberalism. Well, unfortunately, it's here now. And when it, while it's here, we, we can't just appease it, but we have to defeat it. All right, let's get into the um, news of the day. Day two, impeachment, hoax, witch hunt, trash, garbage that the Democrats put forward. The five biggest moments from Wednesday's session of Trump's impeachment trial. The House impeachment managers made their case for convicting former President Donald Trump, bringing up dramatic new security footage to tie Trump's words to the January 6th Capitol riot, the insurrection, and the threat it posed to lawmakers and police. Democrats acknowledged Trump urged peace, but he only did it once. Representative Madeline Dean noted that during Trump's Save America rally speech, he told protesters to go down to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. She said it was the only time he used the word peaceful in the speech. In a speech panning, almost spanning, excuse me, almost 11,000 words. Yes, we did check. That was the one, the only time President Trump used the word peaceful or any suggestion of nonviolence. He used the word fight or fighting 20 times. Now, that's important. We're going to go back to that point in a second because fight and fighting, that's what they're arguing now. Castro, Joaquin Castro of Texas, playing audio of rioters chanting, hang Mike Pence. Castro noted that Trump said he would be disappointed in Pence if he did not stand up for the good of our Constitution and oppose the certification of the result. Later, Trump tweeted that Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done, 
That rhetoric was quickly picked up by crowds gathered at the Capitol on January 6th, ultimately escalated to threats on Pence's life. Ted Lieu saying that Pence was uh, uh, was was brave and patriotic you know, for standing strong. Vice President Pence stood strong and certified the election. Vice President Pence shows us what it means to be an American, what it means to show courage, says Ted Lieu. Stacey Plaskett saying uh, that uh, Wednesday that the Save America rally did not have a permit to march to the Capitol on January 6th until President Trump stepped on in. While a march was not allowed, the permit for the January 6th rally also mentioned that some participants would head to the Capitol. So that's just a lie from her. Um, impeachment managers bringing up new dramatic security footage. We're here to count the effing votes, a rioter uh, said. Where are the effing votes? Then Plaskett again saying that Trump stand back and stand by remarks. That's what incited far-right extremists. Again, this was back in the first debate. It was referring to the Proud Boys, right? It had nothing to do with this at all. So you can kind of see now that this is all BS and garbage, but I mean, they are grasping at anything they can get their hands on now. Now, the Trump War Room did a great job today. Because, and here's the headline, Trump war room fires back at House Democrat impeachment managers who used fight-like-hell rhetoric in the past. On Wednesday, the impeachment managers spent hours, and it was hours, oh my God, attempting to convince enough senators to convict the former president that he incited the insurrection on Capitol Hill last month. The Trump war room turned the tables on the Democrats by reviving various examples of them using the same exact language. You had Jamie Raskin, right? And Jamie Raskin, and Byron York did a, um, a tweet about this today. Let me see if I can uh, get it up. Yeah, in 2016, Donald Trump won Florida by 112,000 votes. On January 6th, 2017, Raskin, who politicizes the death of his son, objected, York doesn't say that, I just put that in there, objected to uh, certifying Florida Electoral College results, claiming that some electors violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. So, wait a minute, if it was, I thought Hawley and Cruz are seditionists, right? That how dare they? object to certifying the results raskin who is one of the uh house managers literally did the same thing in 2016 and again it goes back to the if there was no double standards the democrats wouldn't have any you apply their standards to them and they have no case whatsoever so raskin tweeting this is an exact quote from Jamie Raskin. This was back on September 23rd, 2020. The GOP rushed to replace Justice Ginsburg in all about destroying is all about destroying the Affordable Care Act, women's health care and reproductive freedom, and the voting rights and the civil rights of the people. Now listen to what he says. We must fight like hell to stop this assault. All right. So then, what's he inciting by saying that? Back on May 9th, 2017, 
Jamie Raskin again. Constitutional patriots of all parties must demand immediate investigation into hashtag Trump Russia. This is our democracy. Fight for it. There you go again. Using the same exact word Donald Trump did. Uh, Joe Negus, uh, Democrat Colorado, another House uh, manager, who has been widely praised as the breakout star of the impeachment trial, similarly called out by the Trump campaign for a tweet from April 2018. Here's what he said. Honored to have the support of Senator Kamala Harris. Truly humbled to have the support of such a fearless leader as we fight to take back Congress. Eric Swalwell. Now, and by the way, how is it that Eric Swalwell is even still in Congress? This is a man who was sleeping with a Chinese spy, Chitty Chitty Fang Fang, and was getting away with it. How is it that he is even there? How? Honestly, this is how dumb our Congress is. Our politicians, who we send to D.C. to lead, Nancy Pelosi, if she had any integrity whatsoever, she would have sent Eric Swalwell right off, right off of Congress. Definitely would have made him an impeachment manager. Eric Swalwell, though, uh, in 2019, telling Don Lemon, I'll fight like hell to make sure that we see this report. Whether it's organizing again, whether it's using my lungs, whether it's outmaneuvering with our minds, the American people are going to see this report. Well, it seems a lot like you're inciting again uh, uh, violence. Eric Swalwell uh, saying, uh, this was uh, Matt Whitlock tweeting, one of the many reasons Swalwell was a ridiculous choice for impeachment manager. He's talking about threats to officials. But when Susan Collins and her staff got violent rape threats during the Kavanaugh confirmation, he tweeted, boo who and where are you sleeping this is his tweet boo-hoo you're a senator who police will protect a sexual assault victim can't sleep in her home tonight because of threats where are you sleeping she's on her own while you and your senate gop colleagues try to rush her through a hearing ted Lou, another impeachment manager Back in uh, November 11, 2017, uh, David Montgomery tweets at him saying, when they go low, we go high. Well, Tedler responded again. Oh, I like that. But I like better when they go low, we fight back. Every single, I'm sure you can go through every single Democrat who's in the House, who's in the Senate, and you will hear them using the same exact language that Donald Trump did, using the word fight. It couldn't, and again, remember the timeline here. There is no way that Donald Trump's speech to his supporters could have possibly incited them after hearing that, go to the Capitol and do this whole insurrection as they keep going with. It couldn't have happened. They would have had to have left five minutes before he even started speaking. Marjorie Taylor Greene hitting back at Swalwell today. Eric Swalwell had a sexual relationship 
with a Chinese spy and sits on the Intel Committee. And he's one of the impeachment managers. China is applauding your efforts, Representative Swalwell. Now, on top of the Trump war room pointing out Democrats using uh, the word fight, Joe Unity King Biden, May 21st, 2019. That's why I've spent my whole career fighting. And I will continue to fight like hell so that no one ever has to make that walk again. So he must be inciting violence. Again, these aren't my standards, not Republican standards, not Donald Trump standards, but Democrat standards. Rashida Tlaib, October 4th, 2018, tweeting, keep fighting, hashtag stop Kavanaugh. Well, that's why, and I was just watching Lindsey Graham on um, Fox News saying, this thing is collapsing before their eyes. The not guilty vote is growing. It will be over by Sunday, I hope, he says. And, and Lindsey Graham is not the only one who hopes this is over. Again, remember this week. Please remember this week when we vote in November next year. Andrea Mitchell made an idiot out of herself today. Senator Ted Cruz says impeachment trial is like Shakespeare, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. No, that's Faulkner. Well, idiot. It actually wasn't Faulkner who said it. She Then she had to clarify, I clearly studied too much American literature, not enough Macbeth. My apologies to Senator Cruz because it was Shakespeare. Uh, he says, me thinks she doth protest too much said Ted Cruz. Pretty funny from Ted Cruz. One would think NBC would know the bard. Aunt Andrea, take a look at Macbeth Act 5, Season 5. Life struts and frets his hour upon the stage, and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. So it was from Shakespeare. She went out of her way to make Ted Cruz look stupid, and the only person she ended up making look stupid is indeed herself. All right, so enough with impeachment. Let's go get to some other news of the day while well, we have uh, Dallas Mavericks owner. Now, Mark Cuban, right, who's on, uh, was it Shark Tank or whatever it's called, the ideas. And uh, he, he, listen, he's a Democrat, but I, I think you could probably have a conversation with him. I think that he might actually be a reasonable Democrat. Oh, and by just before I forget, don't think the countdown's off. I don't think I mentioned yesterday that we have 1,440 days left. That was yesterday of the Biden administration. Today, we are at 1,439 days left of the Biden administration. So, back to the point. I just didn't want to uh, make you think that I'm not counting the days down. You better believe it. Okay? There's a ticker in my head, actually, that ticks it down every day. So, Dallas, here's the headline. Dallas, and this is in The Athletic. This was first uh, reported on Monday evening. Getting around to it now. Dallas Mavericks cease playing national anthem before games at Mark Cuban's direction. Tim Cato writing, The Dallas Mavericks have ceased playing the national anthem and do not plan to, make it, uh, to play it moving forward. A decision that owner Mark Cuban made. The Mavericks did not publicize the anthem's removal, and The Athletic was the first media organization to reach out about the change after noticing its absence on Monday. 
Now, uh, the uh, Mark Cuban, the Mavericks owner, told ESPN, this was last July now, of the potential for his team's players to kneel during the anthem. Quote, if they were taking a knee and they were being respectful, I'd, uh, I'd be proud of them. And that he hoped he would join them. Well, he later tweeted in response to what he called the National Anthem Police that if critics of the nonviolent protest of systemic racism in the U.S. took issue, then they could complain to your boss and ask why they don't play the National Anthem every day before you start work. What an idiot. Now, the NBA rules requires player to stand, players to stand during the playing of the anthem. Commissioner Adam Silver has opted to overlook the rule in view of supporting his players' decisions to express themselves. I, uh, I recognize that this is a very emotional issue on, the, on both sides of the equation in America right now. And I think it calls for real engagement rather than rule enforcement. Well, right then and there, you know, it, it's so bad of us conservatives to want people to stand when they hear the national anthem. So Mark Cuban, in his attempt to be woke and his attempt to literally cancel the national anthem, right? The NBA hit back and they hit back hard. Some could say they dunked on him. Oh, come on. It's late. Give me a break here. It's pretty good. The Blaze. NBA says national anthem will be played before games, reportedly in response to Mark Cuban saying the Mavericks weren't playing it. I have got to give credit. And I think Senator Tom Cotton uh, responded and said, well, I understand why he's got to do. He's got to make room for the Chinese national anthem. I have to give credit to the NBA. I think it is great that they hit back and said this. NBA statement regarding the national anthem. NBA chief commission, or excuse me, NBA chief communications officer, Mike Bass, issued the following statement today concerning the league's rule on playing the national anthem. With NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with long-standing league policy. Love that the Dallas Stars, the NHL team in uh, Texas, only NHL team in Texas, by the way, saying the playing of the national anthem is a time-honored tradition and the Dallas Stars will continue to perform the Star-Spangled Banner prior to our games at American Airlines Center. As the only National Hockey League team in Texas, we are proud to represent our state and our country. So Mark Cuban, in his attempt here to pander to the woke leftist, made a moron out of himself. Uh, now we have now I saw this today, and I just thought this is absolutely crazy. The National Institutes uh, National Institutes of Health, right? Listen to this now. NIH calls for greater inclusion of pregnant and lactating people in COVID vaccine research. What what does that mean? The the long-standing obstacles to include pregnant and lactating people. Again, wait a minute. There's not pregnant people. There's pregnant women. Men cannot get pregnant. If you think this, you are a moron. Long-standing obstacles 
to include pregnant and lactating people in clinical research have led to this population now deciding whether or not to receive a SARS-CoV vaccine, COVID vaccine, easy enough to say that, without the benefit of scientific evidence. The manufacturers of currently available vaccines excluded pregnant and lactating people from the clinical trials needed to obtain emergency use authorizations from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Now that the vaccines have been distributed, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the FDA will obtain information from those who received them on their potential impact during pregnancies. pregnancy. Now, while this, these da this uh, data will prove useful, pregnant people and their uh, cl clinicians or doctors uh, must make real-time decisions now about the vaccine based on little or no scientific evidence that applies specifically to them. Do you, do you understand that? That they're saying that pregnant people, so men as well, they're, they're afraid that they weren't included in the studies and the data. Are you that that's where we've come. Why do you think France is warning that there's something bad going on here in the US? Washington Examiner headline today. In an effort to be trans friendly, a hospital is advising nurses to no longer now listen to this. Use the words breastfeeding and breast milk. More acceptable terms for midwives to use are human milk and chest milk what is going on to be trans friendly transgender people have a mental disorder that's what it is call it what it is a mental disorder they need help it's as simple as that the cdc today and by the way we have to change the, our society has to change because a few people in our society don't know which gender they are. There's only two. You're a male or you're a female. That's it. It, it honestly it honestly annoys me. It really well and truly does. I'm so sick of hearing about this. You're a male, you're a female. That's it. End of story. You know, the party of science, do they listen to science when it comes to that? No, they try to remake their own science to create gender upon gender upon gender. There's two, that's it. The CDC updated its guidelines today. It's coming, folks. So let's start with this. This double mask. Double masks. Wearing one disposable mask underneath a cloth mask. is uh, That's more effective, says the CDC now. Double masking, surgical mask with tight fit to better protect against the threat of new and more contagious variants of coronavirus. Yeah, no thank you. I can't stand wearing one mask. And I hope, now, for us to take the masks off, though, public opinion has got to switch. It has got to change. Because I think a lot of people are, oh, whatever, I'll wear the mask. Well, we have to start revolting, though. And saying that this is enough is enough. Vaccines are out. That's it. Take the masks off. Be done with it. Now, prominent Democrat. Let me start by that on this uh, story here. Prominent Democrat, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, Rattlesnake Speedway in the Utah desert. Bruce Springsteen. How about this? Jeep, uh, the uh, car company Jeep, 
pulls Bruce Springsteen's Super Bowl ad after it's revealed he was arrested for a DWI and reckless driving in November on Jersey Shore. How about that? Bruce Springsteen does this Jeep commercial, right? Almost a hundred million viewers saw uh, the commercial, right? But they've had to remove it now because Springsteen was arrested for a DWI in November in reckless driving. It appears that Jeep were not aware of Springsteen's legal woes at the time of filming. A spokesperson for the car company refused to specifically comment on the singer's arrest. I did say, though, it would be inappropriate for us to comment on the details of a matter we have only read about and we cannot substantiate. But it's also right that we pause our big game commercial until the actual facts can be established. Uh, It says uh, Springsteen was busted for DWI. Sorry about the phone. I'll get it at some point. Springsteen was busted for DWI and reckless driving in his home state of New Jersey late last year. Officials with the National Park Service confirmed to the Daily Mail that the Thunder Road, oh Thunder Road, star was arrested at uh, Gateway National Recreation Area in Sandy Hook, New Jersey on November 14th, 2020. No, for, uh, Springsteen was uh, slapped with three federal citations by authorities driving while intoxicated, reckless driving, and consuming alcohol in a closed area. No further details in the incident have yet been released. So, oh my goodness, there you go. Prominent Democrat, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, drinking and driving. What an, what an inspiration for kids, right? That's what, that's what you want to aspire to be when you grow up. Bruce Springsteen, who's a moron when it comes to politics, and I guess is a moron when it comes to drinking and driving but hey what what do you expect the guy's a democrat